We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Red and Buried Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Frankie. And today we have the lovely Alice Bell with us. Hi Alice. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. We should, disclosure, uh, I met Frankie at Harrogate and I've since been texting her to tell her she's lovely. So (laughs) that's... We we basically (laughs) fell in love at Harrogate. Yeah, I, I was... As usual, I start off all these episodes, it feels like dropping in how I casually met the author at Harrogate <laughs> or, or Capital Crime. And I will tell our meet you, Alice, because it was so lovely and truly <laughs> made my weekend because it was my first time at Harrogate, your first time too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for Chris Whitaker, as always, who mm. is hung over somewhere and late. Uh, and I was sat on a de- in a deck chair, little people watching. And then this lovely, lovely little creature comes over and says, oh, hi, do you mind if I sit here next to you? And I was like, oh, of course, sit down. And then we got talking and uh, fell in love, basically. And that's yeah. the story. You showed me all your Poirot tattoos and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's it. All of them, hey? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yes. And then you told me all about your book, which we'll talk about in a minute. And I was like, um, this is the best synopsis of a book I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I this is the you're obviously the coolest person in the world. And I mean I'll do I'll I'll do your bio and then we can get into it. But uh I've been reading it and I love it so much. It's so good. Okay, Alice. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's so good. <laughs> right, let me read the little bio. Okay. <clears throat> Alice Bell is an author and video games journalist. In 2018, she became the deputy editor of Rock Paper Shotgun, a popular PC gaming website where you can find many excellent reviews and serious articles about hot vampires that she has written. In 2019, <laughs> she was one of the uh, named one of the most 100 most influential women in UK games industry. So pretty cool mm. now she's adding crime author to her cv with the release of her debut novel grave expectations which was recently announced as a 2023 bbc radio 2 book club pick and has been described by janice hallett as a fast funny and furious this book has bags of humor bags of heart and a proper murder mystery at its core the book follows Claire Hendricks, a hapless 30-something true crime tread, true crime fan, that's an important key, that word in there, treading water <laughs> in the gig economy working as a medium. When she's invited to an old university friend's country pile to provide entertainment for a family party, her best friend Sophie tags along. In fact, Sophie rarely leaves Claire's side because she's been haunting her ever since she was <laughs> murdered at the age of 17. <laughs> when the pair arrive at the cloisters, they find themselves drawn to a tragic and unrecognisable ghost. Teaming up with the least unbearable members of the Wellington Forge <laughs> family, Claire and Sophie determine to figure out not just who done it, but who they killed, why and when. Together, they must race against incompetence, story of my life, to find the murderer before the, the murderer finds them. In this funny, modern, media literate debut, I found that line so funny in some of your advice, mystery for the, for the My Favourite Murder Generation. After spending several years in London, Alice now lives in Cork in Ireland, where she watches giant ships, makes crochet animals and plays video games where you can set things on fire and make elves kiss. (laughs) She is hilariously funny, endlessly charming and a true delight to spend any amount of time with. 
And she also makes really good TikToks. So <laughs> thank you. That's Alistair, so everyone. nice. That's very kind of you. Thank you. All true. Every single bloody word <laughs> of it. So Alice, how'd you do it? How'd you, how'd you get so great? What's your secret? <laughs> I, d- I don't know if I am really. I mean, I, <gasps> it is. Thanks. Yeah. Um, that was very good stage gasp. Uh, <laughs> I, it's funny hearing the bio because I wrote the bio for my agent when I got picked up for my agent's website. And that was quite a while ago now. So every time I hear it, me being one of the top 100 influential women in games, it gets more remote and like less impressive. <laughs> it's like five years ago now. It, it still, still counts. counts. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You should. Your next book should be about a, a woman that's named one of the most influential women in games who goes around and kills the rest of the list so that she remains at the top. <laughs> that would be good, yeah. I might do that. There you yeah. go. You can have that one for free. But also... The thing about your bio, I knew instantly because I saw various versions of it on various websites. I could tell you wrote it because it's so bloody funny. And <laughs> that's... that's just you. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, thank you. Well, I, I, <laughs> the thing is, nobody doesn't think they're funny. Like if whenever you meet someone, nobody says, and I'm really boring. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know, actually, if that's true. I know some people that are very serious and take themselves very seriously. That's Yeah, I suppose you're right. Mm. Yeah, maybe I should stop saying that. If you're serious, that's great. Don't worry about it. And also, just take the compliment as you're funny. And that's the end. This is basically (laughs) going to be, this is welcome to praise cast where Alice and I just (laughs) lavish each other with compliments. Should I leave? Is this going to get awkward? Yeah, could you actually? Yeah. (laughs) No, Sarah, you're good too. No, I'm going to jump in with the praise. Um, When Frankie messaged me at the weekend and said, have you remembered we're recording with Alice on Monday? I was like, shit, shit. I haven't got time to read a book. And then I had a look and I was like, hang on. So Frankie dropped your book round to me on Easter Sunday. And she literally <laughs> and sort of would have it at me over the threshold and then left. <laughs> and I read the back of it. And normally when I get a new book, it goes on the TBR pile and I pick it up just before about to interview. But actually when she handed it over to me, I read the back and then I sat down and I read the entire thing <gasps> on Easter Sunday afternoon. So I was like, oh, I've nailed it. I've done it already. It was a fantastic book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really loved it. It was so fun, which always feels a bit awful to say about <laughs> a, a thriller, crime thriller book, but... Yeah, really loved it. Well, thank you. That's so so kind. I think one of the scariest things is when people you respect read your work, <laughs> and so it's nice to uh, to hear. Oh, you that. think you respect Sarah? <laughs> I've listened to Don't the lie. I listen to all the interviews. <laughs> oh, no, you're so lovely and supportive of the podcast, and it means everything. See, praise cast. This is a start to <laughs> yeah, come back. For- yeah. <laughs> And genuinely, it is an utter delight. And mm. we talked a bit about it when I met you in person, but obviously I didn't mm. record that conversation. Like, I, I should just record all my conversations. <laughs> you should record everything, yeah. It's all That's content, it. Frank. It's all content. <laughs> Don't encourage her. And, and also, I've just, from stalking you on Twitter earlier, I've seen that you've re-wa- you're rewatching It's Always Sunny. Um, yeah. And I should be like, Dennis, and you're like, you're in my room, you're being recorded. So I'm going to start doing that from now on. But tell us where you got the idea for this book, because it is... It is, as well as being a murder mystery, it's incredibly unique in a lot of ways. So how the hell did you come up with this? (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) that is one of the difficult things about it, because when you pitch a book, I don't know how inside baseball this is for the listeners, but a lot of the time you get told to, when you're pitching it to get an agent, you're told to like compare it to other stuff. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) But basically, it was a lockdown baby. A lot of people did lockdown books. And I was reading a lot of 
thrillers that open with like a detective standing over the ripped open body of a sex worker and like you know the the crime scene guy is like it's the womanator again john (laughs) (laughs) the womanator oh he's removed all her organs through her mouth and all that kind of stuff uh so a lot of grim ones like that and then a lot of really great like cozy crime and i sort of wanted something that was represented more of what i felt was cozy uh so i sort of just had a had a crack at it and i wasn't expecting to send it off or get it published necessarily uh but then i finished it and i was like oh i might as well (laughs) uh and i think that's why it turned out fun because i was having fun while doing it and that was something I tried to explain to you, Frankie. I remember saying, like, it's it's funny, but it's not a parody. Like, it's no, no, <laughs> you know? it's not. It's inherently funny, and that's the thing. It doesn't. Mm. You're not trying to be funny. It just is funny. And I remember when you when we were talking, you t- you described it as Knives Out meets Ghosts, the TV show, mm. and that was when I was like, uh, that's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's, <laughs> like, it's the coolest person I've ever met in my life. So, and and, and it is that. Like, it's it's beautiful. It's just yeah. The perfect mishmash of as you say is is there's darkness there but it's fun <laughs> and you know we we brits that's how we deal with darkness right with that's, how we, that's yeah. how we roll that's how we roll that's how we do yeah because i think real life is funny even you know stuff around murder can be funny like the <laughs> one anecdote i used to illustrate this is that a girl was uh, murdered near where I grew up. That is funny. That's right. very, <laughs> it's getting funnier by the second. <laughs> that's very. That's very sad. Right. What is funny is that my friend was a material suspect in her murder for like three days <gasps> because <laughs> what? Because he drove through the area where her phone last pinged off a tower at like two in the morning because I know loads of nerds and he was up like playing <laughs> Starcraft or some shit. <laughs> And really wanted some salt and vinegar crisps. Oh no, Doritos. He wanted some some Doritos. So Get he had to story drive. straight, Alice. <laughs> yeah. He had to drive to town to the only like twenty four hour shop and buy his crisps and then go home. And then obviously like his car got searched and stuff. He was being interviewed. While he was being interviewed, one of my other friends texted his phone, which had been seized as a joke, saying, "Lol, did you kill that girl yet?" <laughs> And then, and then he got—he obviously got released because he didn't do anything. But like this was then dramatized later because what, like the, the te- detective wrote a book about it, and then it was turned into a TV show, and my friend's in it. <laughs> no! Like a character playing my friend is in it. But they had obviously they have to change details to protect the innocent. So they changed the crisps. That he was going to get. <laughs> That's to why what? he got confused. Uh, to Monster Munch, because it's funnier to say in a West Country accent, I presume. I see. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and that, that's funny. It might only be funny to me and my friends, obviously. We thought it was hilarious. That's funny. He doesn't think it's that funny. But... Yeah, surely, surely with the benefit of time has made it exactly. slightly funny. That is exactly. funny. You're right. Oh my God. <laughs> That's, that's the dream. I wait for the day of being accused of a murder. I don't know about you, Sarah. Oh, dream of it. Yeah, absolutely. Fortunately, neither of us leave the house enough for that. But we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I've got three days in the office this week. So, oh, well, someone's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can be the suspect, the lead suspect before like the third ad break that they really think did it before it turns out yeah, it was the first suspect from the start. Yeah. Mm. And I, I like to think when they were searching your friend's car, they were like, oh, there are crumbs, Doritos crumbs, checks out, <laughs> story, story. <laughs> Yeah. Send it to Dusting forensics. for it. <laughs> Dusting yeah. for crumbs. 
Oh, yeah. that's amazing. And so you wrote this during lockdown, which is yeah. in itself incredibly impressive. I don't want to keep like, <laughs> like every, every episode <laughs> we do, I end up shaming Sarah indirectly. And I don't mean to. <laughs> now. <laughs> no, because I, I just finished editing our, our lovely interview with the wonderful Hannah King that went out today. Yeah, and in that I I really harsh on you, and I apologise, but I'm going to do you? it again. So clearly not that sorry. Uh, when we <laughs> how you basically watched Mamma Mia every day throughout lockdown. Yeah, look, Listen. some of us had more productive lockdowns than others. Whatever it took to get through. Exactly. True. Yeah. Very no true. shame for that. Like when I uh, broke up with my ex husband, the only thing that made me feel better was uh, going to see Mamma Mia too. Here we go again. So. Oh, my Alice. people <laughs> fuck you frankie well that relationship's over isn't it no, <laughs> um so how how was the writing so you were doing it just for fun so it wasn't necessarily mm. like work for you at that point it was just fun yeah yeah and i and it, so a lot of it came out quite quickly because i was just like ah la 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 and just kind of <laughs> i'm so funny genuinely i i write jokes to please myself first so they're all low percenters really <laughs> And uh, but then the hard part comes when you finish it because you then have to make it better, <laughs> make it submittable. <laughs> so when this is skipping ahead because it's it's sort of my answer to what do I like least? But you oh, have okay. to go for it. You have to read the book so many fucking times. I can't even tell you. Yeah, uh, I bet. I, uh, that is my least favorite thing about writing because I've read Grave Expectations so many times. I did like. <laughs> three versions of it before I submitted it to my agent Stevie who's lovely then I did some edits with Stevie then you do I did a round of edits with the editors it's out in uh the UK on May the 4th but it's out in America in September so I've done copy edits and proof edits with both the American and US people so I've read this book so many times now wow and I think like I'm gonna to have to do it with the the sequel that I'm writing now, and uh, it very quickly I get to that point where I'm like, is this terrible or do I just hate it personally? <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible, guarantee it. But that's exciting because I was going to ask, is there a sequel? Are we gonna see? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So there is a sequel. Well, I'm working on right now, and hopefully we'll finish by the end of May to hand in. Um, and it's set on an island you know it's like a closed loop kind of mystery where you know people go like a Lucy Foley and they go on Mm. holiday somewhere and then like there's a group of weirdos who you know are sort of on the scene and it's my take on that so that like my gang are the group of weirdos that they all think did the murder you know oh but your friend yeah that was also going to be my other question I obviously I'm assuming we see Claire and Sophie again do we also see Basher and Alex yeah, Basha and Alex yes. are my favourites. Excellent, Aww. me too. <laughs> yeah, I love them. <laughs> and uh, so I should say Basha and Alex are the two least, the aforementioned least objectionable <laughs> members of the posh family. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, they're going to all be pals. So they're going to be the gang, the Scooby gang. I might give them a dog at some point because I feel like, <laughs> they, need, like they could be the famous five. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, love that. And going back, so you've done the bit you like the least about the writing process, but mm. what do you like the best then? Let's have a nice bit. <laughs> I think the best bit is before you start writing it, for me, 
that's the spirit <laughs> i know i know but it i'm a sort of i'm a, a mixed i know there's a term for it but i'm a i'm a halfway between a plotter and a or a planner and a pantser um so i plan the key beats and i and then i sort of pants my way between them <laughs> and before i sit down and start doing it the key beats that i have are so like crystal clear in my head and they're so amazing and i know like lines and certain scenes and stuff and, and i'm that i'm gonna do and then you have to fucking do it <laughs> <laughs> the worst part having to write the bloody book yeah I, they're so long honestly <laughs> You need to outsource, come up with these really amazing plots and then just yeah. pay someone like 50 quid to write it. That's what James Patterson does, has been saying, <laughs> yeah. basically. And Danielle Steele as well. Yeah, you go. Just yeah. get get AI to do it. Get chat GBT yeah. to do it. Oh, my God. You know, my, fear, my fear is not that chat GBT will ever make stuff that is good enough uh, to compare with writer's work. My fear is that like people won't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I listen to this is completely off topic but i heard a song earlier that apparently was made by ai that was mm. drake and the weekend and it took all their vocals and like it sounded like a shit song that they would release so trash <laughs> for me so yeah it is scary but you're right but I, I like to think i like to think readers care though i do you know what that's true like i think the the book community the reading community is very kind of engaged, which is nice. Yes. Especially yeah. crime, right? I don't know if you yeah. found that. Oh, it's great. we love murder. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's what I always think when you're at places like Harrogate, you're like, all of these people here are definitely mm. capable of getting away with murder. <laughs> I'm not. They do. <laughs> yeah, oh, do you not think you are? No, not at all. Because <laughs> oh, you're I too nice. <laughs> oh no sorry yes you're too nice <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah we discussed this with hannah on our, our last interview do you think you could solve a murder though no i think i'd think i could solve a murder <laughs> <laughs> although I, like do you know what, actually the, uh, this is skipping ahead as well but my the trope that i don't like do you, yeah. want, do you want to, to team me yeah. up do and it. ask me that I love question? This. Well, we Sarah we don't even need to be here alice crack no. on <laughs> yeah just talk. no so alice <laughs> What's, what's a typical crime genre joke that you are sick of or hate? So, aside from the womanator, which I do, it's not like I don't like bloody serial killer stuff, but it's just, you can always tell when it's done by like, it's written by a bloke who's enjoying mm -hmm. it a bit too much. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the one that kind of, anno not annoys me, but I'm just a bit, a little bit tired of now, I think, is like the idea that murderers are all really clever. Because <laughs> So true. I've, developing like a sort of i don't know like I, I have really liked true crime and i'm now just getting a bit tired of it and there's all the moral discussions around it which are you know uh mm. necessary but mm. one thing i've noticed recently especially because they're now scraping the bottom of the murderer barrel is that so <laughs> many of them are just dork ass losers yes like, <laughs> who would like really stupid and the documentaries and and to you know an extent books as well because you want to keep it interesting you, you know there's a vested interest in making it seem like they're really clever but so many of them their plan is just like murder a woman and get away with it and that's the entire extent yeah. of the plan that's so true yeah i went to i was saying to frankie earlier i went to a talk last night um i can't remember the lady hosting it so off to a good start but it was the psychology memorable. of serial killers yeah <laughs> well the talk was memorable mm. but she talked at one point in it she said look there's always around all these stories there's always multiple versions and i am going to tell you the most boring version of mm. everyone because 
let's face it, that's the one that's going to be true. People mm. just make up more and more outlandish versions to make the story yeah. sound interesting. But most of the time, it's not that interesting. And yeah. um, as you said, and quite often they're just really stupid. Well, it's like um, H. H. Holmes, who yes. was the, the devil in the White City guy. Uh, there was a video game sort of based on his myth recently. And and like all that stuff about him, like having a murder hotel and all that shit was just all completely made up. He just bumped off a load of people who found out that he'd bumped off some other people. He probably only <laughs> killed like, I don't know, four or five, I think. It's all just him like self-aggrandizing. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, comparatively. Amateur. Yeah, yeah. One I watched recently was that um, that Swedish like millionaire who built his own submarine and like... <laughs> yeah while a documentary crew was filming him took a woman <laughs> out with just him and this woman on a submarine and killed her and then came back and was like ah, <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what not happened. the brightest and the documentary does the whole like noise and like slow zoom on his face this guy's a fucking <laughs> moron what are you talking about <laughs> But that's so true as well. Like, it, I think most, for the most part, people that actually commit murder are stupid. They will likely get caught. And mm. also they haven't got like a master plan, as you say. They haven't spent months meticulously plotting how to get away with murder. I'm sure there are some that do that, mm. that we don't know about. And that's why they're clever. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point because yeah. we know about them because they got caught. So they're not that yeah, exactly. fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not giving them credit. The guy that annihilated his whole family and his mum was like a momfluencer and posted about their family oh, and stuff. Oh God, yes, yeah. Really sad, really sad story. But the documentary waits until the end to reveal that like they caught him within like half a day because the first thing he did was like take his kids out of school and try to sell the house. So like... <laughs> yeah, what? I mean, they have to build suspense a bit, I suppose, yeah. for the documentary. Yeah, and I, I think it's it, it does make for a more enter or like a you know especially for thrillers and stuff it's more kind of interesting if you know mm. you're up against a kind of you know moriarty-esque mm. genius who just happens to like you know cutting people up but um i think in, i'm gonna try at least in all mind to have the victims usually be men and it usually be an accident <laughs> or, Brilliant. Or like, not not an accident but like an unplanned murder you know mm. nice good for you flipping the trend of the women who are yeah yeah no more ruminators i love ruminator though i kind of want you to write a ruminator book Um, but funny (laughs) that's just about someone's period (laughs) the the struggles we go through and i wanted to also you obviously are a fan of you said i think fan of true crime sounds weird but you know what i mean like you're interested in true crime and you're interested in crime yeah and i know that you like poirot and i know that you watch a lot of midsummer murders because i read Mm -hmm. your bio um, and things like that. So, but how do you approach writing a murder mystery, having never done it before? Did you? Mm. How did you get into that mindset? It's funny. I think the murder mystery, the mystery part of mine, is the weakest part of it. But a few no! people have said they haven't, they weren't able to figure it out really. Oh, I didn't figure it out. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good at all. There you go. It's great. Yeah. But um, I started with like the who the victim was and why they might have been killed, kind of, and then work backwards from that to sort of I guess blur the chalk line on that so that w- like why you wouldn't have been able to figure it out and put kind of the red herrings in afterwards if that makes sense mm. which yeah t- to me is kind of the only way I can do it in a way that doesn't just explode my tiny brain but I know there are some authors who just go completely off the dome and you know like Catherine Ryan Howard who's um she's from Cork and she's based in Dublin now but she's written some 
you know, amazing thrillers like um, uh, 56 Days, which uh, is kind of her big one, which is a lockdown thriller. And and she is <laughs> watching her do a talk and she said like, she'll just sometimes just throw a twist at the end. She, you know, she doesn't know who's going to have done it. And maybe it will change like right <laughs> at the end and stuff. And I was like, what? Oh, that's mad. That's what Agatha Christie used to do, right? Like she'd basically decide who it was and then go back and change everything, which is even more crazy considering she yeah. didn't have a computer. I know. So how long did that bloody take, uh, crazy bitch? <laughs> like the Christian bitch? You know what I mean? Like, sake, that must, that's making your life a lot harder, Agatha, than yeah, it yeah, needs yeah. to be. That's yeah. madness, isn't it? God damn. Well, let's talk a bit more about the book. I mean, we we're already talking about it, but I want to talk Please. more about some of the characters because what I also love about it is that the characters are all so rich. Like even mm-hmm. the characters you don't see a lot of, there's so much background and there's so much to them. You really feel like you know them. And I've definitely met a lot of these rich twats before as well. <laughs> uh, so it felt very, very uh, resonant. So with character and developing that, how did you, how did you, how did you do that? Because also, <laughs> I also know uh, politically, it's dif- it's tricky to write about characters that maybe are very different from your own political viewpoint without it being a parody like you say (laughs) so but you've got a good balance i think so how did you how do you approach that i think the thing is like because i have been writing and been being edited before i wrote a book for like a decade which i think puts me at an advantage to some or quite a lot of debut authors who god bless them have just written a book and like smashed it out the park Whereas I had, you know, I have the experience being edited and and so I've been honed a bit. And being an entertainment journalist for, uh, I describe video games as like toy shit for babies <laughs> quite often. <laughs> Which is not entirely fair. They're, they're getting, they're, there are some very mature things that games can do. But um, uh, I think I'm quite good at like, because I have to write about the same things in games over and over again. And I'm quite good, I think, at finding very idiosyncratic small things that indicate to you a larger kind of person if you see what yes. i mean because like everyone has met a clementine who's the kind of scary posh mom in this yeah yes and everyone has met you know uh, a kind of dickhead slightly cringing younger brother that you kind of feel sorry for mm. i went to school with some figgies i think yeah Definitely. like really really posh yeah. horsey blonde girls yeah and everyone knows someone like that uh, and then i think if you can just find a little thing about them to kind of indicate that whole but also give them a little bit of their own personality so like figgy especially i think you know they go into figgy's bedroom at one point and she's got self-help books you know and i think and like romance books that she thumbs through and i think you're then a bit like oh figgy (laughs) yeah that's it i think that's what makes it realistic and as a not parody because although yeah there's a lot that not to like about these characters they are still people at the end of the day and even with mm. even with like the worst person you know they're still a human and they're still yeah. human attributes to them so yeah i think you do that very very well and with that in mind <laughs> uh which of your characters would you be if you had to pick one <laughs> well sophie's dead so probably not her <laughs> But very cool. So yeah, she's yeah. super cool and fun. She's pretty cool. Uh, I sort of feel sometimes I I sort of think that people will assume Claire is a self insert character, but she's not really. The self insert character is Basher. But oh, I really, love Basher. yeah, I really. That's why I like to... him so much. Oh, so you know, like it reads a bit. You know, reads a lot. Bit gay. You know, and annoyingly <laughs> quotes Shakespearean stuff. Um, <laughs> The the person I think I'd like to be is Alex because they're they they are my favorite 
Alex yeah. is my favorite. And they they're are so cool. They're cool and they're very confident and uh you know happy with themselves in a, in a way that like the kids today are, you know, and that I feel myself as a self-loathing millennial and they managed to be. So <laughs> I think I'd like to be Alex because they're they're very good choice. Alive. Yeah. I loved Alex and we were talking about this with um, William Hussey and Mm. we were saying about how we really liked how his book was just kind of casually queer Mm. where the character in it was gay but that wasn't the point of the character Mm. and it was kind of the same with Basher and Alex it was just who they were you didn't write it in as a plot point or a token tick box you know well thank thank you yeah Mm. well I think so I (laughs) It's a deeply unserious book, but I also thought about it quite seriously in terms of like theming and things. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fun and it's quite, you know, light and, you know, fun and flirty. But, um, the, the sort of idea I had when I was writing it is that like the, the relationship Claire and Sophie have, ha- has, it have, cause it's two of them, it's sort of like, you know, when you're a millennial and you're sort of never allowed to feel like a grown up. Yes. And you're, and you're, you're all, millennials are always going to be children, even though like some of us are 45. Yeah. And, you know. And are you 45? Such... No. I was going to say, you don't look anywhere. I can't believe 45. you asked that, Frankie. I was, I was, really not. Not. I was like, give me your secret. Give me your skin. How have you done this? Like, I was like fascinated. Okay. I'm 33, but some, you know, but depending on where you. I think you're young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on where you, you decide millennials start like a lot of sure. millennials will be in their 40s you know um okay. and so that's you know sophie is like the personification of of that she's like trapped as a 17 year old forever and i wanted to mirror that kind of relationship in the because uh, i knew there were gonna be two others i wanted one of them to be an ex-cop so that he could have some sort of handle on proceedings <laughs> uh and then the other one i wanted to be you know, yeah, representative of like, what generation are they? Zoomers, Gen Z. Uh, and then I thought, well, you know, I, I, I've i got like a bunch of friends who are, who are NB, you know, who are non-binary. My best friend in the world, probably, I think they're non-binary. And so it made sense to me while I was writing this book that's, you know, representing stuff that is cozy and comfortable and whatever to me to have a, just a cool non-binary best friend in there. But because I myself am not, non-binary i didn't want to like tell a story of like how terrible and tragic and whatever it is to be queer uh and the struggles and stuff it's just, they're just they're non-binary and they're cool and they're happy yeah and all of their family are fine with it and it's never an issue because they might be murderers but they're not twats <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah yeah so i d- it's not uh issue representation i guess it's just like some yeah. people are, are non-binary and that's fine and chill part and of normal. life <laughs> like yeah 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 totally that's that's why yeah it's nice to read that and not in a kind of see look at this person this is the whole point of their character it's like it's it's just that's just who they are and mm. everyone around accepts it you say the use of pronouns is seamless and non-offensive in as of course <laughs> it is as it should be and yeah it, and it just they are such a cool character as you say so it doesn't even matter it, yeah. what gender they you know whatever however they like to identify because the I, character's cool mm. so there was actually the first draft of it it did have a scene where their pronouns 
but like Alex the pronouns were introduced. But then, oh. then I was like, but then I was like, but like that's literally the only character that that has that happen, and so yeah. that kind of <laughs> undermines the point. So uh, that was taken yeah, that's out. true. That's the things we take for granted, isn't it? Like even you know the fact that. In, in gay relationships, you have to come out, but in straight relationships, you don't. Like, I didn't have to announce to my mum that I really liked penis at any point. It was just a given that I would. I'd have liked watching you have that conversation, though. So if you want to do it now, let <laughs> to me know. Not my mum's like. She, I, I don't think she'd be that surprised at this point, but um, no, yeah. No, probably not. So, <laughs> uh, so I know also, as well as being a big writer big writer <laughs> a writer of big things uh and books i've probably forgotten how to construct sentences uh you are also a big reader and i know mm. this because as i said as i've alluded to alice does really cool tiktoks about books <laughs> that she's reading and buddy Thanks. reads that she's doing i love them i'm a big fan don't pick up the tiktok though because i haven't used it in like fucking two weeks I'm, I'm behind on the word count for the aforementioned sequels oh, that's all right <laughs> You're allowed a break. That's fine. It's for, it's for the greater good, right? I've been the doing any TikTok good. dances for a while. <laughs> Disappointing lack of dances. I will say that about your TikToks. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Mainly books. But what was the last book that you read and loved? Oh, God. Um, okay. Can I do a crime one and an other one? Yes. Awesome. Please. So I'm hold, I'm for the reader, I'm holding it up to the camera, although I've got blur on, so they can't yeah, see it. it. <laughs> Like I've got my glasses on. Is is Catherine Ryan Howard's new one, which is out August this year, Ooh. and it's called The Trap, and it is based or sort of not based on. It's inspired by some uh, women who disappeared in Ireland in the nineties, and to this day disappeared without a trace. Like no one knows wow. who or where or you know what happened to them really. And this sort of imagines this starting up happening again. And a woman thinks that her sister was a victim of this guy. And so she tries to catch him and, you know, set a, set a trap for him. Oh, that sounds good. Brilliant. I'm Very intrigued. Good, yeah. Really good. She's a great, Catherine Howe's a great pacey kind of just one more chapter kind of thriller writer that I really like. Mm. And then my other would be uh, a book called Frontier by Grace Curtis, which is out now. And that is a sci-fi book. And I used to really love sci-fi and fantasy when I was younger. And I just sort of stopped. And now I'm trying to get back into it. And Frontier is great because it's big uh, Firefly vibes. It's it's very like, yeah. I like Firefly. Yeah. So it's sci-fi, but like kind of cowboy sci-fi almost. Uh, It's almost a series of vignettes, it feels like, because it follows this one character trying to make her way across a post-apocalyptic kind of dusty, arid climate disaster earth, um, having fallen from a spaceship. And each scene, she's progressed somewhere new and is doing something slightly different. Um, so there's like That's a crane cool. chapter and there's a, you know, a, a bit where she's couriering some drugs and in a turtle <laughs> a tortoise and stuff. And so sure. it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's yeah, it's really fun, really good. I really enjoyed it. I was going to say, is that a take on snail mail? That was a terrible joke. <laughs> oh, you tried. <laughs> yeah, that's all I try. I liked, I like the idea of vignettes as well with the same characters, but in different situations. Like yeah, that, that's fun. That's cool. Nice. Okay, good tips, good recommendations, like those very much. You're up. You're up, Frankie. <sighs> But you do, you do it now. You've done it. There's no point in having this argument every week, Frankie. 
I will, I will do it because only because you were, you can get a little bit um, cold and heartless in those moments. <laughs> looking at someone's eyes. So I'll deliver it with some warmth. Okay. I'm going to ruin your dream now because I've got some bad news for you, Alice Bell. Yeah. The bell Hit has me. tolled for you uh, because, <laughs> see, have you had that one before, right? You've had that one before. Yes. I've had that yeah, one. Okay. I've had the Alice in Wonderland ones as well. All of them. Okay. Okay. Bellissimo. Stop it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay, Alice. Um, so I have some terrible news that I'm afraid I have to deliver to you now. Mm. You know how we were talking about how people get caught for crimes because they're stupid? Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid you've committed a really, truly terrible, heinous crime and you've been caught for it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. he without sin, all of that kind of stone casting. First of all, what terrible crime do you think you've committed? I probably would have done a bad murder, wouldn't I? I as <laughs> opposed to a nice one. <laughs> yes. Good. Good. In what way? Done a bad murder. Um, who would I have bad murdered? Uh... You don't have to give a specific name, but you could just say how you did it, if you like. Yeah. You can if you want to, though. Oh, yeah, if you want to list people. If I want to libel myself. Um, that wouldn't be libel, would it? Saying I want to kill someone. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called um, harassment. <laughs> threat, yeah. Yeah, death threat. Why are you thinking about that? I also just want to say my favorite, one of my favorite lines in the book so far, because I haven't completely finished it yet. I'm really close. Um, was when you describe a pheasant as a hen that votes Tory. <laughs> I was like, so good, so bloody funny. Well done. So true. Anyway, um, it is so true. It's perfect. Uh, I don't know. I think like probably I I would have done like a hit and run is the most likely way I'd murder okay. someone like cowardly and at a distance. <laughs> You were, you were on your way to buy some Doritos at night, and yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I just took someone out. Like a, uh, I know what we did last summer style. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it targeted? Okay. Was it someone you knew, or just poor driving? <laughs> I mean, probably because I don't know many people here yet. If you live in Cork and you want to be friends, hit me up. <laughs> Listening to this. Uh, so it probably would just be being a terrible driver, not paying attention. I was probably, yeah, yeah just jamming too hard to my my nineties pop punk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> understandable. I think you'd yeah. get off for that, to be honest. Yeah, so. but no, she doesn't, Sarah. No, <laughs> sorry. sorry like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, for the for the purposes of this question, unfortunately, you didn't get off with it. Although the the judge was sympathetic and asked for your playlist afterwards, yeah. and was quite yeah. interested. <laughs> for sure. Unfortunately, no. Uh, the hit and run was so bad, you really mangled that poor, poor person. Uh, you uh, have been sentenced to death for it. They brought Sorry it about back. That. They brought it back. Yeah, just for you. So just for you. It was that bad. I took out like a priest and a whole gaggle of nuns. <laughs> yeah. And, a, yeah. and a school bus worth yeah. of kids. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's happened. But okay. Okay. the good news is we're going to make you the death row meal of your dreams. Yeah. Yeah, we are. So what? what's your order? What will you have? So I was thinking about this. Uh, I'm assuming you can get me anything because I have a very anything. specific, very specific request. Oh, I love this. Okay, yes. I went to university in Exeter and it doesn't exist anymore. But when I was at university there, the canteen in the, in the, the lemon grove, the lemmy, had a bit that did pasta and they would do... Uh, really good like fake you know like fake British bolognese <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, uh, so it would be like penne pasta and then they'd toss in a really hot skillet the beef 
and onions and tomato sauce and then they put in like a blast of chili and a blast of garlic and it was so good and just like a lot of black pepper as well and I just inhaled so much of that when I was doing I worked on the um student paper which is called it's called the expose but with an extra e oh that's good <laughs> and the the paper office like the media office was in the same building so just ate loads of that pasta and they doesn't exist anymore. I can't get it ever, even if I went back to Exeter. So I'd like that, please. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we can, we can find the it. chef. We'll find yeah. the, the, the cook that made it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That I love I love specific ones like that. <laughs> That's, That's super brilliant. specific. Yeah. And do is there a special drink you'd like or a dessert to go with it or just the pasta? I would like a lot of cups of tea, please. Drink a lot of tea in my house. We have to order tea in in like sort of quantities you'd order if you ran like a cafe like, <laughs> to, like order like huge bags of it as if we were caterers amazing uh so a lot of tea please uh and i don't know i'm not a very deserty person these days i used to be but as i've got older my grown a less and less sweet tooth so we could just do you a second bowl of bolognese. Yeah. Or could you do me like a bowl of mac and cheese for afters? Because that's... Yeah. I, I love mac and cheese. I'll double carbs it just to yeah. keep my strength up. That's it. It doesn't really matter if you go into a bit of a carb coma afterwards because yeah, exactly. you're going to be dead yeah. soon anyway. Yeah. Good shout. Okay. I like a dessert mac and cheese. Good option. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about that before, but why not? It's dairy. It's sort of like, you know... Cheesecake. A panna cotta. A cheesecake, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Panna cotta. We'll present it as a panna cotta as well, a yeah. little tower. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. There you go. Love we've that. made you a dish. Delicious. Yeah. Might be the most specific answer we've ever had, and I'm here for it. Thanks. Very much. Good. Very pleased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good news. More good news, because you've just had quite a lot of pasta. Yeah. So sorry. You're now dead. But is that the good news? <laughs> Good news for some of us. Um, but <laughs> the roads are safer. Good news, everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the nuns are free to roam the streets of court yeah. again. Yeah. But we will bury you with whatever book you choose. So what Lovely. would you like to take with you? I thought about this quite a lot. Because I always say that when people ask what my favourite book is, I, I always sort of have a smart-ass writer's answer, which is <laughs> In Cold Blood by Truman Capote, which is one of the first true crime things ever and also in the great tradition of true crime stuff he probably made quite a bit of it up yeah yeah but it is amazing oh it's so good though yeah so um, good and uh but uh, i capture the castle by dodie smith uh, and i always like and that kind of informs the two parts of my personality <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pretend anymore you're dead yeah exactly so who cares but I think, oh, like, those truly are my two favourite books. So I think, but of the two, I think I take I Capture the Castle because cause that's lovely and sweet and funny and, and hopeful and not about horrible murder. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's a bit depressing. That's one thing you can say about In Cold Blood. Yeah. It's a bit of a downer. Yeah. 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 And the death's tragic enough. Yeah. But I would recommend uh, I Capture the Castle to anyone. It's really great. It's sort of YA before people would describe YA as a thing and it's by the same author who did 101 Dalmatians but I think I Capture Castle should be much more famous I didn't know that it was the same yeah. author yeah good fact 
Yeah, there you go. Full of them. And there was a, a film adaptation a few years ago of I Catch the Castle. It was pretty decent. And it had Elliot from E.T. in, but as a grown man. Oh, obviously. he's very good. He is good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's very good. I like him in um the Haunting at Hill House and all those yeah. ones he does with Mike Flanagan. He's good. He's a good lad, yeah. Good lad. <laughs> Considering this trauma he suffered as a child with that alien. Well. He's turned out quite well. <laughs> come up good, yeah. Oh, well, that's a great pick. I like that. That's a good Thanks. one to add to your list. Oh, Alice, I could talk to you forever and I would like to. So how do we make that happen? <laughs> okay, I'll come on every week. Don't worry about it. Yes, <laughs> that would be the dream. Where can people follow you on social media? I am on uh, the Twitters um, mm-hmm. and that is at AB words, but uh, AB as in the insect. So at AB <laughs> words all, oh, all one word. it took me a while to get that <laughs> i know yeah i now that I, it's a tough one to say out loud now that i'm doing it um <laughs> and then i'm on twitter unhelpfully uh, on tiktok even uh i'm unhelpfully a different handle on tiktok uh, and i tried to change it but then my publisher was like please don't we've put the inserts in the book um, <laughs> <laughs> whoops um so on tiktok i am books a b again the insect books a b double e but as as mentioned i haven't posted on there for a while that's okay because the content the existing content is very good people Thanks. can work their way back through yeah I'll, I'll post about the the confused edit notes i get the american proofreaders in, have encountered british swearing and they're a bit <laughs> confused by it <laughs> Oh, amazing. Which, what's confused them in particular? Uh, well, I described Figgy at one point as wanking around Soho for a living. <laughs> and, and one of them highlighted it and was like, does this mean swanking? And I had to be like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like that they, they took it that way and not as in like what some people yeah. do around Soho <laughs> in the evening. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one I got just the other day, which I will look up now, is that they highlighted... Um, Basically, that like a lot of the briefing the American stuff is doing is like um, Americanizing terms. So mm. like H, I just put HMRC in the UK one, and like in the American one, they they were like, "Can we spell it out?" And so I put like her Majesty's Roman New Customs, and then in the time it's taken now, they're like, "We have to change it to his Majesty's Roman New Customs." Oh, yeah. of course. But uh, yeah, I there was a note on the American first pass proof. Uh, which I was looking at last night and I posted it on Twitter because it just says, Ed, Americanize, change to jerk or dick, brackets, apparently bellend is a vulgar Britishism for the head of the penis. <laughs> apparently. I know. I wanted to reply oh. and be like, it, it can be very apparent sometimes, yeah. Depends on man. Defined. You're giving them an education, mm. so... And, yeah. this is, and I, we know that Americans love Britishisms like that. I think it's very charming. Yeah. Oh, what's that, what's that adorable there's, bellend. There's <laughs> like, a C word in there as well, which might... That yeah. polarizes, right? The Americans. Well, well, I asked my American editor about it and she was like, I think it's it sounds different in a British mouth. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's true because we use it as just like a term of endearment often or as just yeah, a fun little... I do. I've reined myself in. I swear, I'd say I swear like I say that, but I feel like that would be an insult to the fine people of the <laughs> naval services. His Majesty's <laughs> Naval Service. Yeah, spell it out. But yeah, if you want, if you have any interest in video games, you can find me on rockpapershotgun.com. I did not choose the name, but we're, <laughs> we're, we've been stuck with it. 
And yeah, otherwise I'm just about, I've got a newsletter you can sign up to. The link is pinned to my Twitter if you have any interest. And if you sign up to my newsletter, you get the first chapter of the book for free. <gasps> Good Recommend deal. Recommend doing that. Pray before you buy. In. There you go. Yeah. Thanks. Like that. Yeah. Great. And you can follow us uh, at Red and Berry Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us at uh, redandberrypodcast at gmail.com if you want to say something a little bit longer and more personal uh, via the email format. So there we go. Yes. Great. <laughs> well, <laughs> we are so bad at ending this podcast. How many have we done now? We can never end it in like a nice, natural way. I know. Almost 40 cock ups, basically. <laughs> I mean, we just stare at each other. Like... <laughs> I would recommend following red and buried and listening to the podcast it's very good i love listening to the author interviews it's so interesting hearing how other people do it thank you yeah thanks alice yeah we find it i genuinely find it really fascinating even though we're not writers we just it's yes yeah and everyone's process is so different and so interesting and people really Mm. respond to our questions in very varied ways (laughs) (laughs) particularly the last one uh tends to be interesting so thanks and thank you for your time alice it's been such a delight talking to you as always Thank you. It's lovely talking to you both and lovely to just yeah be on and chat about the book and stuff and to hear positive things about it. Oh my god, <laughs> it's great. As yeah, as no, a millennial, obviously I thrive on uh you know <laughs> on affirmation, positive affirmation. <laughs> I tell you as well, I, like having obviously met you and become, like, become friends with you and everything, it's a relief that your book's very good, to be honest, because that Thanks. would be a really awkward conversation. It would have been orcs, <laughs> wouldn't it? Ew, what a relief. Thank but you I, for being I will... talented. But... <laughs> Thanks. I will, I will end by saying uh, I am so happy to be on the podcast. I'm so glad I met you, Frankie, because I think you were the first person I spoke to about my book who had either was not related to me or did not have a vested interest in telling me it was good. And Aww. you being interested in it made me feel a lot better about it. So, Oh, man. Thank well, you so much. It's bloody brilliant. So it's all very well deserved. <laughs> and I think everybody's going to bloody love it as soon as it's out there. And Thanks. if everyone listening needs to go and order their copy right now, because it's out. It's out at the time mm. of release. So yeah. get in there, especially because the sequel's going to come out. We all be ready for that. So, <gasps> yeah. so exciting. Right, Sarah, let's do this professionally. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Okay, that's professionally, is it? All right, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Hi, I'm Colin. I'm Ian. And I'm Tracy. And we dig music. Just not always the same music. Each episode, we pick our 10 favourite songs from a specific year, rate them, and then battle it out over a top 30 countdown. Colin's pretty enthusiastic about most stuff, Ian less so. Tracy definitely owns a thesaurus. And one of us will regularly be told to f*** off. <laughs> so join us each month to hear what we dig and what we don't. Listen to We Dig Music wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on WeDigPodcast.com or we're on the We Made This Podcast Network, which you can find at WeMadeThisNetwork.com.